0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.
1: Welcome uh, Susie Caesar, who um, is a GP in Dorset. She's also the appraisal lead for Wessex. She's also the appraisal lead from the Royal College of GPs and also is leading on the work nationally in the Academy of Royal Colleges about the new appraisal system. So Susie, welcome. I'm gonna ask you a number of very easy questions and I will do less talking and you'll do more talking, hopefully. So my first question is, so we're restarting appraisals in October um, and people may have mixed views, but um, essentially we're going to have six months. So does that mean that everybody has got to have their appraisal for 2020, 2021 in the next six months or how is that going to work? And I'll come on to what the new appraisal system is, but let's first of all explore the what does it mean?
0: Okay, so practicalities first. When the pandemic hit, it was really appropriate to free up clinical time to uh, stop people doing appraisal, revalidation and associated administrative activities like compiling your portfolio or recording your CPD or your quality improvement or or doing feedback surveys. So we know that from the uh, end of March, people stopped doing anything towards their appraisal revalidation and the GMC took a very pragmatic view and they moved everybody's revalidation dates forwards by 12 months so that people who were in that last year and expecting to come to an appraisal between April and September that would be the last one before their revalidation date have found that their revalidation date's been moved forward by 12 months so they've got a whole extra year. At the same time Steve Powers as the medical director for NHS England recommended that appraisals be suspended and for pretty much all doctors in the NHS appraisals have been suspended until the end of September and then on the 2nd of September the letter came out saying they were being restarted. If your appraisal was due between April and September in the vast majority of cases um, that's it you've been given already an approved missed appraisal due to COVID, and you will just have your normal appraisal in the normal way between April and September next year. There are a very few people who may have very strong reasons for wanting to have an appraisal sooner. If you had previously already had an approved missed appraisal because you're on maternity leave, you happen to be back now, but you're planning another period of maternity leave, you might really want to have an appraisal in this year, and individual cases will be looked at on their merits. But on the whole, if your appraisal was due between April and September, don't worry about it. You will eventually have one of these new model of appraisals in April to September 21-22. So the uh, announcement came out on the 2nd of September that appraisals would be restarted from the 1st of October there is a lot of flexibility in the restart. And we have to recognise, we don't know what's going to happen with a second surge of the pandemic. We don't know what's going to happen in individual practises. So A, what we are reintroducing is not appraisal as you knew it previously. And B, what we're introducing will be flexible to local circumstances with a lot of opportunities to um, negotiate both with your appraiser what's professionally appropriate for the two of you but also if necessary with your ro to say this month is just impossible for our locality because
1: okay go on sorry uh, i'll stop you mid flow
0: no that's fine i'd rather have another question please
1: okay so let's, let's look forward so we've been told there's this new appraisal system so one of the challenges before has been, or, or one of the complaints for a GP is, you know, I've got to collect 50 hours, I need to write all this reflection, and, you know, there's, there's other things that go in, and I'm filling this great long form in. But we've got a, what's been described as the new appraisal system going forward that's less burdensome and probably moves back more to the sort of summative type, supportive approach, rather than, um, I think in some areas of the country, it was seen as being much more formative, whereas... I think in our area, um, I've seen appraisals always been quite supportive of general practice. So um, would you like to describe what's going to be different going forward in appraisals?
0: In recognition of the impact that the pandemic has had on every single doctor, primary care, secondary care, across all four nations, the aim was to introduce something that recognised the professionalism that doctors have displayed in transforming their practices, recognise that everybody has done hours and hours of CPD keeping up to date just with how to handle a pandemic, done reams of quality improvement activities or transformation and system redesign activities, even if sometimes we feel the quality has not been what we would have wanted it to be. Um, And therefore, asking people to produce written documentation in advance of their appraisal To demonstrate things that we knew they had already done was inappropriate. So the burden of the pre-appraisal documentation has been reduced as far as we felt that it safely could be within the flexibility already allowed by the GMC. So this appraisal still qualifies as an annual appraisal for revalidation. It fits within the GMC standards of demonstrating your continued competence. But the preparation now is reduced to uh, a very short, focused reflection on the impact of the pandemic, particularly on your health and well-being, um, but also uh, very much on your ability to provide the care that you want to provide for your patients. And the testing, and I have to say huge shout out and thank you to appraisers in Wessex they were one of the groups who contributed to the pilot. In the testing, the mean t- time taken to fill in the template was 32 minutes, and the vast majority of doctors took less time than that. The median and the mode were 27 minutes. So in terms of burden of preparation, the written documented reflection now should take most doctors less than half an hour.
1: Which is good news, because I've talked to GPs before who've sadly taken two weeks holiday to because because they haven't been collecting information during the year, so they've taken two weeks off to put all their appraisal information together, which you know is sad in a way, but also makes it devalues the process. And I think uh, many GPs have valued that one-to-one discussion more than necessarily you know collecting lots of bits of paper to show somebody. Okay, so that that, that sounds um, really good. You've talked about reflecting on COVID and the experience we've got. And we know that that's had a, quite an impact on GPs and their wellbeing potentially. Um, so that's, that's useful to know. In terms of the new appraisal system, which you've been um, instrumental in um, designing and driving, what happens after COVID? So, you know, if we all, if we all look forward positively that whether, um, you know, COVID vaccine comes in or whatever we do that we go into 2021, 20, and we're back to, uh, well, we won't be whatever normal is. It won't be normal as we knew it, but the new, the new world as it might be. Will appraisal just go back to where it was before, or we, are we gonna learn from this and continue in the way that you and others have designed the service or the, or the process, should I say?
0: So I think we have to see this year as unique because we know that people have not been able to collect any supporting information through lockdown and through the majority of the pandemic. Um, But I don't think there will be any going backward either. All the key players, the GMC, the BMA, all the medical royal colleges and faculties have all seen this as an opportunity to rebalance some of the things that have perhaps got a little bit over-engineered Uh, in the way that the previous appraisal system was implemented. We have to look at any change we ever make and see whether that change is an improvement. And so the evaluation of medical appraisal 2020 is going to be absolutely key to what happens next. And we will be comparing our evaluation from this year with feedback that people have given in previous years. But we will also be asking some new questions to see which bits of the change are valuable which bits make a difference to doctors and actually which bits people find supportive and helpful for their own personal development Um, my big plea i suppose if i can use this platform for that is to ask everybody please after your appraisal fill in your post appraisal feedback form we need this evaluation more than ever to know what's good and what's worth keeping
1: I mean, as you know, as an LMC, we work quite closely with you over the years from actually the implementation of appraisals, and I think the appraisal system has worked well in Wessex and has been supportive of GPs. So personally, I'm pleased that you're um, at the forefront of this nationally, and um, you know we'll uh, feedback as much as you can, and, and hopefully we'll keep all the positive things that are there, like the reduced burden on individuals and the more supportive nature. Um, a couple of other questions, so. So the, if you've missed an appraisal this year for very good reasons, you've said that's not going to change your revalidation. Um, it, you might only have four appraisals in a revalidation because there's a fallow year, but that, that isn't going to matter.
0: You don't actually have to have any particular number of appraisals in your revalidation cycle to revalidate successfully you have to engage with the appraisal process. And if that means explaining that you're on maternity leave and having an approved missed appraisal, period of sick leave and and having an approved missed appraisal, all you need to do to revalidate is to demonstrate your continued competence of what you do. And you can do that in one or two appraisals. Um, So the important thing I think is to think of this from a patient point of view and to think, As patients, all of us want to know that the doctor in front of us is safe and has kept up to date and fit to practice. As doctors, we all want to be able to answer that little imposter voice on our shoulders saying, oh, you should have failed finals. You know, they'll catch you out one day. And the same things that keep us safe, that little voice on our shoulders. I thought I was the only one that
1: had that voice.
0: Can also be our biggest nightmare. So by Having a confidential safe space to talk with a trained colleague once a year, and just benchmark your practice, and think and plan about what you want to do next, you can both calm down that little voice on your shoulder and say, "Yes, actually, I am. What I'm doing is good enough. What I'm doing, actually, wow, haven't I done a lot that I hadn't even recognised because it was all in the melee of life? Um, and particularly this year, we are worried." that an awful lot of doctors have been adversely impacted by the pandemic. And we know that doctors are the worst at finding support for themselves sometimes when they need it most. And so your appraisers will also be armed with a great long checklist of resources um, to signpost people to if people need ongoing help after their appraisal.
1: So if, if you took the scenario of somebody whose um, appraisal was due in the first half of the year, They then go on maternity leave at the end of the year. So they haven't had an appraisal this year. They won't have an appraisal next year because they're on maternity leave. They won't be adversely affected by it because you don't need. Okay, that's that's helpful to know. I know it's a question I'm sure you've been asked before because uh, I know it's um, a concern that uh, people have uh, expressed to us.
0: An approved missed appraisal is indication that you have engaged appropriately with the appraisal system. The fact that you couldn't have one isn't a sign of non-engagement. Non-engagement is the people that we can't contact, we can't find uh, and and don't communicate back to us about uh, organising their appraisals and uh, sometimes that's because they've emigrated to Australia and just forgotten to give us the details.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, a technical question. I mean, I think most of our GPs would probably use 14 Fish and Clarity, probably the vast majority. Um, they've got the option to keep their current stuff on the old format or move to a new format. What, what's your advice of what they should be doing?
0: So I have done the walkthrough of both the 14Fish and the Clarity uh, toolkits. Fortunately, the toolkit providers have been completely behind us and supported us in making these changes to medical appraisal. And um, I would not recommend anybody stay on their old version. Um, Both toolkits have sorted it out so that anything you had already entered, particularly if you'd entered it pre-COVID, gets pulled through into the new version So you haven't lost anything, but then the prompts for the very brief focus self-reflection are built into the new version very neatly for you. So you can do them online rather than having to fill in the template from the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges website and attach it to the old version. So it's just much smoother and slicker and cleaner and more streamlined in, in the versions where they have built it in.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to say, Susie, before we answer a couple of questions?
0: Um, I am really proud of the way that our doctors and our appraisers have responded to this offer of a supportive, compassionate appraisal. And I hope that we can continue to deliver the best of what our appraisals have always done, but in a, a format that supports it to a greater extent.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Um, if you can stay with us for five minutes, um, we'll have a look at the questions. Gareth, do you want to come uh, online as such, if you're still there?
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: Right. Um, so let's, let's go through some of the questions. Um, so the income protection, I mean, you and I have discussed this at length, seems quite limited overall, especially with the introduction of the new indicators. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the new indicators are really that onerous, uh, but recognise the QI ones, uh, Mayor. So what's your view of the income protection that's being offered at the moment?
2: Well, I, think, I think there's been so much uncertainty about the COVID fund, it's confused things. I mean, I think the, there are income protection in the, in, the, in the contract. We've done some negotiation around protecting the income from some of the uh, um, enhanced services, commissioned by CCGs and by local and by some of the local councils, So we're working on that because obviously as we move to potentially a second wave of COVID, we're not going to hit activity targets. And it's making the system understand that, that if we're, if we're truly going to be doing other work, we've got to have our income protected in the same way that hospitals are having their income protected. They're not, they're not doing their, 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 the amount of operations that they've been commissioned for. And yet I don't hear talk about hospitals losing income. Same principle has got to apply to general practice. I don't think we're there yet in the negotiation, but it's got to happen.
1: Okay, um, will income protection be adjusted for list size and prevalence changes? Now, m- my understanding reading the documentation is there will be an adjustment for list size um, and also for prevalence. What's, what's your reading of it?
2: Yeah, that's my view too. I, th- I think that's my understanding. Yeah. Um, is that the point point achievement on points is is protected um and then it, i assume that it will be the same adjustments
1: i'm always slightly wary answering a a, a question about quo from gavin who uh, is, a, is more than an expert on it uh, that's my understanding but and, and obviously Gareth as well but we will also double check that um a, a question for susie really the There's always this confusion about appraisals versus CQC. So uh, uh, the appraisal process gets blamed about um, mandatory training required in resuscitation, safeguarding, we've got to do X hours. Um, But my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that doesn't come through the appraisal process, that's the CQC. So appraisal says you should be engaged with things, it doesn't actually... You don't fail your appraisal because you haven't done X or Y. Is that Am I correct or am I mistaken?
0: No, so thank goodness you recognise that appraisal is not pass-fail. Appraisal is a supportive process designed to help doctors demonstrate their continued competence. If somebody is no longer competent, they will fall out of the appraisal process and be discovered by the clinical governance route or by significant events or by complaints or by mortality, morbidity data in a hospital setting. So um, revalidation, your revalidation recommendation comes from two channels. One is about what the organization knows about you and your practice, and that's the governance side. And what you as an individual present about what you've done to keep up to date and fit up to practice, that's the appraisal side. And the appraisal side cannot do anything other than deal with what the individual brings to it. So it has to be the formative side. CQC is the governance body for organisations. So they then come in and check that practices or or other healthcare provider organisations are working within appropriate parameters. And for GPs, we have the issue that we have to be on the performers list, which is an employer situation where there are tests of things like, can you speak English? Do you have a, li- a, a vi- valid visa to practice in this country? As well as a valid UK license to practice. And it, on the performers list requirements, there are some employers' requirements about mandatory training. Even this scenario this year You do not have to have evidence of mandatory training, that's one of the other administrative things that it was suggested that people no longer needed to collect during the acute response to the emergency. But all of us probably kept up to date about the rising concerns about safeguarding issues in people in lockdown. All of us will have looked at the updates on basic life support and what you couldn't do if you didn't have PPE in terms of the mouth-to-mouth part of life support. So I think your appraiser may well ask you about those sorts of things, but it will be all on verbal reflection, not on documentation and not on proof.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, can I just mention about, uh, going back to the subject before, about workload and workforce. So recognising that practises are really stretched with their workload, um, We really need to maximise the workforce and part of that is we are keep pushing for the COVID fund over the winter to expand the number of staff working in general practice. So there are locums who are looking for work, there are GP returners, Uh, there are others around who are happy to help practices out, but clearly practices need some resource to be able to do that. There is likely to be a small amount of resource to come and help practices with flu vaccine vaccination above and beyond uh, what is going to come out in the list I said before, but it is a very small amount. It is not going to be enough to um, make a huge difference to practices. I'd also say when you look at um, one of my recent newsletters, there's a document about workforce, and I would strongly encourage people to sort of think about what is the new to partnership scheme? What can that do for you and your practice? The GP fellowships, um, we're working quite closely with um, the ICSs, the STPs and CCGs. Garrison doing a lot of work in BSW. I'm working in Hampshire and we're doing some work in Wiltshire to make sure that's up and running. So those newly qualified um, GPs have an incentive to come and work in a substantive role. Um, also leading on to that is GP mentors, which is aimed at keeping people in practice but using the wisdom and experience of GPs. Um, and the additional roles, there are huge sums of money being invested in these roles and we recognise there is an issue with supervision and uh, training for these people but there's got to be a way forward which we're trying to help with to make sure that those new members of staff can come in and take work off GPs and off practices and support practice managers who are key to all of this so workforce is really important going forward and a a major issue for what we're looking uh, at so we're Coming to the end of our time, um, I think we've answered uh, most of the questions. Um, There's two quick questions here. Um, The lack of funding for ongoing COVID-related activity, um, people doing face-to-face. I absolutely recognize that, Jenny, and I, I can assure you in each of our areas, it's what we're pushing on to try and make people understand that doing remote consultation by a video is not quicker. It takes longer. You have to do more safety netting. You have to ask more questions and sometimes you do all that and then you have to get them in as well. So absolutely recognize that. Um, and the final question was about additional PCN roles, limiting in, cap, in the caps and role, role types in the oncoming winter. Well, the caps are there and the roles are there to try so that we don't, pinch all the paramedics out of the ambulance service and we can build up. But I I recognise what you're saying. And I also recognise trying to get these people in post to help us over this winter is a real challenge with COVID, etc.
2: I think, Nigel, can I just come in on that? I mean, it seems to me, we're talking about workforce and funding. There is potential for a lot of money that sits in that scheme that is not going to be spent in general practice this current year. And, you know, we need the national negotiators to try to try to come to a position where we can keep some of that money in in general practice.
1: Agree entirely with you, Gareth, as you know, Um, it would be a shame if that money is handed back to Treasury because it sends all the wrong messages. um, And the message is the workload is still enormous and getting bigger uh, and the workforce is still not sufficient to be able to manage all those.
2: Yeah, quick um, bit of feedback for Susie as well. Is um, my appraisal date was in October, and I did the COVID uh, template as in the 14 fish toolkit yesterday. And it did indeed take me about half an hour and was very simple to do. And once I'd done it, it all made sense as to the process. So um, I can just reassure the GPs who are going to have their appraisals that actually it is very straightforward. And if you use 14 fish your previous data transfers into the new template seamlessly and it's very easy to do.
1: Thank you, Gareth. And uh, we'll send, Susie will send us the check later for that endorsement of the new process. Um, can I thank Susie for joining us and um, giving her valuable time and to give us her wisdom and expertise. And we um, hope to continue the close and productive working relationship we have between the LMC and the appraisal service and yourself with your national role as well. Uh, Can I thank Gareth um, for joining us on the panel? Can I thank all of you for joining us? And can I thank um, the LMC staff for supporting and helping this webinar? Thank you very much and uh, hope you have a good rest of the day.
0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.